Well, good morning there. Welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and I will be your host for the next uh, few minutes as I make my way to uh, my school, the uh, kindergarten that I teach at on these days. Uh, well, on these days, uh, I teach at a kindergarten every Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, so, a little bit about myself. I am a, uh, what would I I call myself? Probably ADHD, but uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of fits. (laughs) Apparently, apparently that's the same thing. Uh, No, I, I teach English. I've been teaching English in Japan for over 28 years now. Uh, I am also a semi-professional musician. Uh, I sing. Uh, My wife and I own our own English school here in Japan. And this is part of of that. I go out and teach at a kindergarten that I've been teaching at for, well, better part of 15 years, maybe 16, I don't even know. Somewhere in there. It's 2023. I think I started in 2000 seven or six or something like that so yeah uh and it's uh you know a little bit of a drive and at one point I kind of had the conviction that it'd be a good use of my time to record some of my thoughts make them available for other people and and therefore uh driving theology was born I I've also been a lay leader in a traditional church for probably something like 18 years, uh, duties included music ministry, preaching, uh, Bible class teaching, uh, as well as general leadership. I was on the uh, Supreme Council, kind of the Board of Elders, I guess, uh, of the church. And uh, for the last uh, 10 years, uh, I switched to simple church church planting, and I've been involved in a, a house church in my house, and we are kind of in a transition period that was brought on by Corona, uh, and all the I'm sure everybody understands all the stuff that went with that. But anyway, not sure where that's going to go. But we do have another uh, couple who was in that group who has offered to open up their house, and that's probably going to be happening. Uh, they already kind of started, but then a typhoon intervened and other things. So hopefully, hopefully they'll have that this weekend. Uh, and uh, yeah, I enjoy, though I'm not reading anything now, I'm actually reading uh, Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. Uh, I'm not reading anything theological at the moment, but I have read, and some of my favorite authors are uh, Gregory Boyd, N.T. Wright, uh, Brian Zond, uh, Bradley Jerzak, uh, as well as uh, some people on Organic Church, um, specifically Frank Viola. Uh, but I've read a little bit of everybody. It seems like I've, I've read a lot of stuff the last, uh, I'd say, since about 2004 is probably when I began my uh, 
my reading of religious uh, religious books or books on religion uh, other than the Bible. Um, so yeah, I I'm I'm not a trained uh, theologian, and I think everybody actually. Uh, because everyone has their own theology. Everyone is a theologian of some kind. Everybody has ideas of the divine, whether they believe that he exists or not. That's that's a theological. That is a theological stance that God doesn't exist. That God is uh, a um, creation of mankind's imagination. So, in that you know, in that sense, uh, it, it is a theology, right? Atheism is theology, I think. That's my opinion. Uh, And so, yeah, I like to record my thoughts here as I um, have this lonely drive. Uh, And yes, the whole premise of this is that I don't really think of something, I don't prepare something up front. It's not a Bible lesson as much as a stream of consciousness on things that are happening in the world uh, and um, you know how how really everything can be come down to some theological point that everything everything in life uh, if God exists everything in life must be applicable to you know to speak into at least uh, his existence and what's going on in the world and you know what has, uh, everything must have uh, cosmic significance, right? Uh, if God exists. Uh, and I'm talking about specifically the Judeo-Christian creator God, right? Uh, known as Yahweh. Um, and I am in the monotheistic tradition, I am a Christian uh, though I shy away from the word Christian and I shy away from evangelical, uh, though that's more or less the tradition I was raised in. Probably fundamentalist is actually what I was raised in. Um, but I have in many ways gone away from uh, a lot of that. Um, a lot of that. Let's, let's leave it at that. So, let's talk about today. Last week, I actually talked about uh, the idea of um, hitting a wall, right? That that there are times in our progress where uh, things, we seem to be moving along quite nicely and progressing, whether it's in a skill or in a subject, uh, what have you, but we hit walls, uh, and what are the walls, and, and what's to be done about the walls, and, and that, and then... I realized that, you know, once I had gotten to where I was going, uh, both physically and uh, <laughs> ideologically, I realized there was a lot more to say, and I did record a small podcast on that uh, that I haven't posted yet, and I guess I'll post both of those today, so I'm not going to reiterate that. Uh, I'll probably, that'll be a kind of a part two. I don't think I posted it yet. Um, I guess it's possible that I could have, uh, but I don't remember doing it. <clears throat> I meant to, but I didn't do it. Yeah, so today, uh, something I just read. Um, 
was from a college friend of mine who I think is, uh, she's a, a pastor of sorts and probably Pentecostal of some kind, uh, charismatic at least. Uh, I'm not sure exactly uh, what tradition she worships in or follows now, um, but it certainly seems to be that direction. And she posted something that was a meme that somebody else had posted. And basically the meme is the difference between Joel Osteen and the Apostle Paul, right? Uh, and Joel Osteen apparently said, um, I only read it once. I probably still have it right on my phone. I'm about to stop here, so I'm gonna look that up real quick. I'm stopped. There it was. Oh, it just flipped to something else. I hate when it does that. Let's see. Janine Hannon. All right, let me see if I can get to what she posted. Yeah. See the difference between Joel Olstein and the Apostle Paul. Joel Olstein. Stop looking at your weakness and start declaring the power of I am. Say, I am strong. I am blessed. I am beautiful. I am prosperous. Okay, so apparently that's something Joel Olstein said at some point. And then, uh, that's uh, Joel Olstein quoted. And then uh, the Apostle Paul is quoted from, where is it? Well, let me just say it. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And so this is something that's just, you know, thrown out there as, you know, Joel Olstein is 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 anti-Bible, is is not biblical. He's, you know, He's speaking against Paul. And I'm not going to, well, I may later talk about the specifics of these two quotes because um, there's some interesting things in there. Uh, but I'm, I'm less interested in that and, and more interested in trying to, to damage somebody's reputation in a meme. Uh, and I'm no fan of Joel Olstein. Um, but to take something like that out of context and to put it up against the Bible out of context just does not seem to be a good idea, right? It just, it doesn't, on the face of it, it seems to be um, a bad idea. I don't know how else to put that, right? How's that going to work? You take something out of context and you compare it to something else out of context and say, this is wrong and that's right. When they're both out of context or they both have no context that are offered with them whatsoever. <laughs> How can that be a good idea? I just, I don't understand that for sure. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I so he, here's why I kind of am coming to the defense of Joel Olstein in this case not knowing the context of what he said. But even on the face of that, there, there's some interesting things that you could say, well, 
how do you know he didn't mean this? And how do you know he didn't mean that? And the thing that stood out to me, and maybe some of you as well, embrace the power of I am. Uh, what, what is said about the words I am in the book of Exodus? Right? In, uh, in the, um, in relation to Moses and how Jesus, uh, God introduces himself to Moses at the burning bush. He says, I am, right? Uh, and I am, uh, apparently is the meaning of Yahweh, if that is indeed how that's pronounced, uh, which is thought to be the personal name of God. Yahweh. I am. And some people have taken this to mean that, that this is <clears throat> this is due to the fact, or, or maybe this is just my idea, I don't know. This is due to the fact that he is existence itself. That without, without Yahweh, without the I am, there would not be. There would not be. There, there would not, nothing would exist. He is existence because from him, everything owes its existence, right? Being the creator God. Uh, and so embracing the power of I am, uh, like I said, there may be a lot more, um, a lot more included in his uh, talk than just those words, right? Um, and frankly, there are a lot of people in this world that need that message. They need to know that they do have power and hope that's untapped in them, that's given to them by the great I am, right? That this image of God that we have means that we can be incredibly creative and productive people. Now, of course, he uses the word prosperous, and, and that is what he's always been accused of, being a, a uh, prosperity gospel preacher. <clears throat> basically means that uh, he would say as long as you do the right things God is going to make you physically wealthy but that's not at all what this passage says this meme of his um, he could be saying you know God is powerful God is prosperous right and because God is powerful and God is prosperous God wants you to be those things and I don't think that's necessarily untrue I don't think it's untrue that that God wants you to be those things I think by what Paul said if you take these two passages together you know if, if for example if if we thought that what Joel said was actually a quotation of scripture what we would do what we would do is exactly what I'm doing we would try to justify it right we would try to uh because we already believe it must be true, we have to then make it fit with what we think we know of what the Bible's been trying to say. And this is the whole problem with, I think, fundamentalist, evangelical, biblical, tra uh, not translation, but interpretation, right? Is that we have decided from no evidence, mind you, that the entire Bible is absolutely, and in some cases, literally true. Right? A lot of people are, are 
biblical literalists, or they think they are until they're faced with a, a, a conundrum that, that just won't let them be. Uh, but a lot of them haven't gone deep enough to get to that point. Um, so, yeah. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Conundrum sidetracked me. Uh, yeah, so the way that fundamentalists and um, in a lot of cases evangelicals have translated the Bible um, yeah, I totally lost it. Forgot where I was going. Let me backtrack a little bit. So, in looking at Joel Osteen's passage, if we assumed it was from the Bible, then we would we would have no problem making it fit. But because uh, we've already decided that Joel Olstein is a bad preacher, he's a false prophet or whatever, uh, we have no problem tearing it down. Well, what about things that other people in the Bible have said that if you were to just to look at it on face value, uh, would be way worse than what Joel Olstein just said? Uh, and, you know, there are several psalms that, that come to mind about bashing the heads of babies against rocks and what, what have you, right? Apparently commanded by God, uh, or, you know, killing every man, woman, child, you know, genocide. Uh, if you were to just look at that and think that that's not biblical, your assumption would be that whoever said this or wrote this is a horrible person. Whoever commanded this uh, is, a, is a horrible person. But because we've decided that the entire Bible is true, that we give it blanket immunity uh, from uh, any error or, or falseness, falsehood, falsehoods, falseness, uh, because we give it that blanket immunity, we are now obligated to make everything fit in, in to the mold that we think is uh, biblical orthodoxy, right? So my question is, is that a good thing? Is that the way to go? Is that is that intellectually? Um, does that show intellectual integrity? Is it intellectually honest to do that? I mean, there seems to be a lot of red flags. There seem to be a lot of red flags that are popping up when you think about these, you know, things in this kind of uh, a uh, under this kind of a lens, or you know, under this kind of scrutiny. I'm not defending again Joel Olstein. I don't really have a dog in that race. I haven't. I don't know him well enough to know uh, what he actually believes and what he actually preaches. Uh, no more than anybody else does who just reads memes about him. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure we could look at what Paul says here, and as Americans, as nationalistic Christian Americans, uh, we could say. Um, God's grace, God's grace is sufficient. Okay, well, we don't need an army. You know, we don't need an army. We don't need defense. Uh, we don't need to uh, to kill our enemies. We don't need to go to war. God's grace is sufficient. Right? His power is made manifest in our weakness. When we are weak, he is strong. 
right? But we don't do that, do we? We don't do that. Um, and we'll find a way because we we have this theology in our head, this American nationalistic theology in our head that we think is right, that uh, whether people expressly say this or not, that, God, that America is God's chosen people, that God has been protecting and God approves of what America does, uh, and uh, that he, uh, he actually uh, protects us actively, right? That he is uh, actively and proactively involved in what America does and supports America's uh, methods uh, and mission. And that's our theology. And so when that's our theology, we have to look at this passage and say, well, you know, he's not talking about, he's talking about something personal in your heart. He's not talking about, you know, defense or whatever. So what we'll do is we'll take this passage and, and we will shove it into, uh, you know, it's like trying to pack a, a suitcase that's way too full already trying to get in that, that last, uh, you know, two pairs of jeans that you forgot or whatever, and you're sitting on it, and you're, you're stretching the zipper to no end, and, and you're pounding on it, jumping on it. you got to get that suitcase packed no matter what. you got to make this scripture fit into your theology. And the problem with this kind of thinking is that um, once you do it, that scripture never, no longer even looks like what it was originally meant to look like. You've changed it so much by forcing it into uh, the shape that you think it has to adhere to um, that it no longer is saying what God wanted it to say in the first place. And I think you can do that with people's words as well. The question is... What was on Joel Olstein's heart when he said this? You know, what what is what is going on with him um, in his mind? What is, what are his intentions? Uh, is he helping people? Is he not helping people? Uh, is he a good person, uh, or is he dishonest? Is he trying to trick people? Right? All of this matters. It matters a lot especially when you take something out of context. It was probably, you know, said in the, the you know, that little, what, 30-second couple sentences that, you know, would take to say was probably part of a 15 to 30-minute sermon, a talk. Or maybe it was just a pep talk. And maybe what he was saying is exactly what some people needed to hear, that they were downtrodden, that they really... Uh, needed to depend on uh, they needed some self-confidence uh, now of course people today Christians today will say well you can't be self-confident you have to be confident in Christ confident in God and you know that's all well and good I don't disagree with being confident in God uh, that's a good thing, right? To be confident in Christ and be confident that his message, uh, the gospel message, is actually good news. You know, that kind of confidence is great. Um, 
but God did put his image in you. You are, for all intents and purposes, part of him. He made you. He's your father. So to be confident in yourself can be confident, confidence in the creator who made you as well. It's, it's pretty hard to, to figure out, you know, where that line is. Uh, and I think it's probably an important line. Um, but we also don't need to devalue humans in order to value God. God values us. He thinks we're worth it. Worth the effort. Worth the sacrifice. Right? Are we allowed to think any less of ourselves? Doesn't mean we have to think less of God to think more of ourselves, but there there is a, a, a kind of self-hate that permeates evangelical and fundamentalist theology. And it's not healthy. I can't imagine that it's healthy. Well, I don't think I've ever, in, I don't know, 15 years of driving this road, I don't think I've ever stopped at this stoplight. <laughs> it's a little crosswalk stop stoplight where somebody has to push it to for it to stop. I, I, never, not once. I'm going to take a coffee break, sorry. Oh, that's refreshing. I am drinking a uh, iced Americano. I made this morning before I left. It's really good, actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, so... Memes, right? They're a, a modern thing. They're, they're fun. They're just, you know, quotes that are placed together next to something else to give some perspective. And I think instead of instead of using this quote to try to discredit one person or the other, perhaps we should just put these quotes up against one another and start some conversation. Let's have a conversation. You know, what might Joel Olstein have met? You know, let's have an open mind of what his intentions were. Because Joel Olstein, whether you like him or not, he's also an image bearer of Christ. He was given just as much of the of the divine image as you were and possibly more <laughs> it's it's not that easy to say you know noise uh, yeah I don't know that's a, that's a tough one right it's 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 difficult um, difficult to read those things and not come to judgment right away and part of it's you know there's something else at play that you know I don't necessarily agree with this agree with this person's theology and so when she posts this I already start from a perspective that oh here she goes she's gonna you know try to shame somebody else or point out somebody else's flaw or something like this um that's pretty much where I go when I read that meme. 
I would have liked to have read these two statements side by side without knowing where they came from. Now, of course, I would have recognized Paul's uh, statement. You know, you, we could put it in more modern language, perhaps, to mask the fact that it's from uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, but just to see these statements, I think it's pretty common practice uh, for people to to say what they want to be, right? To, to confidently try to give themselves the confidence to go forward and to improve their lives, right? I think it's I think it's what it's what God did as well when He gave when He named people. <clears throat> what Paul did also uh, when Paul um, opened his letters to these churches, mostly especially the Corinthians, he was writing to pretty much tell them there's a lot of what you guys are doing that's that's really horrible, and we're talking about incest and and some really creepy things that he points out that the, the Corinthian church was doing, and other churches as well, but how does he start out his letters? He doesn't start out by saying, uh, this, I, 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 the Apostle Paul, am writing to all the um, horrible sinners and, and deviant uh, uh, sex addicts uh, in Corinth who uh, either are doing or are allowing all kinds of horrible things to, to go on. And what you're doing is wrong, blah, 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 blah. No, he doesn't. He says, to all the saints, right? He says things like, now I'm not, I, I can't quote his the openings of his books. But generally, he, he talks about, you know, the saints of God who have been called according to his purpose, uh, who have been justified, uh, who, who are, you know, uh, saved by Christ, uh, and basically, he, he calls them the ideal of what every Christian is striving to be. But he calls them that first. That's how he addresses them. You know, when you write a letter to somebody that you're writing a letter to, you put their name at the top, right? So when he puts their name at the top, he, he, he talks about them in, in perfect terms. Uh, and then later in the letter, he addresses things that, that he thinks need to need to be addressed. Um, but it doesn't change who they are, right? It doesn't it doesn't change um, it doesn't change who God thinks they are or whatever. You know, your your actions are covered. Whatever you've done that is quote unquote sinful uh, is either covered by Christ or it's not. It's either forgiven or it's not. Uh, there can't be some middle ground. Um, man, where did I start? Man, I'm losing my train of thought so often today. I don't know what it is. Alzheimer's probably. Who knows? It's possible. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just all kind of, kind of weird and squirrely the way uh, we're doing these memes and and I hope we don't take these to heart, but instead, if, if our curiosity is uh, piqued by, um, by these memes, that we will actually dig a little deeper and try to figure out um, exactly what the Apostle Paul was trying to say and what he's not trying to say, and whether or not that contradicts what we think Joel Olstein was trying to say or what he was not trying to say, right? Um, 
we need to dig a little deeper. We need to take more time to flesh out truth. Uh, a meme is not going to do it. It's just not going to. It's not going to cut it. I don't think. Um, but you know, it, it piqued my interest. It caught my caught my eye, if you will. And uh, I guess it's good in that in that situation. It gave me, or in that circumstance, and it gave me uh, something to talk about today. But I really think we we all need to think about um, just what we think Christ did on the cross and whether or not that was sufficient uh, grace for all these people that we're trying to to judge, right? Uh, was his grace sufficient or not? <laughs> um, and yeah, I tend to believe it is. I like to like to think it is. Um, there's a there's a lot there, uh, and there's so much information out there these days. Uh, most of it is snippets like this, right? Uh, little snapshots of what somebody says uh, that really uh, doesn't give you enough information to to judge what was being said. I don't know that anybody actually um, commented on what Janine said or not. And again, it's gone off of my phone just like that. Just like that, just like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, not to, uh, again... Not to defend Mr. Olstein, uh, nor do I give Paul a pass. I think Paul needs to be read with more scrutiny um, because there are a few things. Uh, I, I have a few questions for Paul when and if I ever get to meet him. Um, and I think the clarification uh, of that will be very interesting because uh, I think we've made Paul out to be a certain kind of person. Perhaps we are reading him from the completely, uh, completely unhelpful, um, unhelpful perspective. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to post memes and you want to um, cause some debates, I just hope you'll do it in a way that is, uh, you know tasteful and respectful and I hope you're trying to understand better you know instead of just uh, deciding what you think you already know uh, and making making the meme uh, fit into that um, yeah all right well I am starting to uh, lose my train of thought in fact I may have to go back and listen to this and figure out where the heck I was going because I, I kind of got derailed and I wasn't even that distracted today on my ride. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Maybe it's just age. I don't know. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, yep, uh, have a good week. Bye-bye.